Hello, Probers. Howdy, howdy. And welcome to another nipple-tingling episode of But It Was Aliens, the extraterrestrial truth bomb-dropping podcast from two former MIBs. I am Moonwalker, and across from me, as always, is the trustworthy Greybeard. His glass is full, his beard is glorious, this fucker has come ready to probe. For people who haven't heard our show before, and this is the first episode they try, they're going to think, what the hell have I just started? Who sounds like this? <laughs> also, you've called me trustworthy. I'm now suspicious. We sound like this, Kevin. We do. We do not sound like this, Granville. Would you like to tell me about today's episode? I feel like I'm starting to sound like the Fink. Today, our probes take us back <laughs> to New Mexico, and we're covering a case which has physical evidence. No, don't believe it. Physical evidence. All right, I'm in. This UFO was spotted by a policeman. <laughs> the most trustworthy yeah. of professions is that greybeard. Indeed, an honourable and trustworthy profession. Indeed. It's April 24th, 1964. Swing 60s. Baby. 5.45 in the afternoon. Baby. And in Socorro, New Mexico. New Mexico, baby. Lonnie Zamora, young, sprightly officer, but a babe, if you would, at 31 years of old. Definite babe. Years of old? <laughs> years of old. <laughs> I didn't even realise you said that. <laughs> at 31 years of age. Oh, Bobby Zamora. Dad? Uncle? Possible. Some sort of relative? Greybeard, stop interrupting me. <laughs> Lonnie Zamora was on patrol, on the beat, doing his rounds, walking the yard in a car. <laughs> Interesting walk. When he was overtaken by a speeding car, he immediately put his foot down and gave chase. Of course. Red car and the blue car had a race. The red car and the blue car had a race. Suddenly, there was a roar in the distance, followed by a bluish-orange flame in the air. Zamora was sharp. He was well aware of there being a dynamite shack not far from his location. Who the fuck owns a dynamite shack in the 60s, may I'm I add? glad you said that. That's proper cowboy shit. Cowboy shit. Well, Zamora initially thought that the dynamite was the cause of the explosion. So he, so he turned his car around. I'm imagining a handbrake turn, throwing dust and sand into the air, which allowed the red car to win the race because Zamora's the loser. He knew he wouldn't win. Fair. He radioed into the sheriff's dispatcher, explaining how much of a loser he was and then told them about the explosion and what he was doing. Hello, this is Zamora. I am a loser. A stage three loser. I am level nine in racing. He was a 10. So I am now going to train to be an 11. Right, dynamite shack. Dynamite shack. What the hell shack, shack, is a shack. dynamite shack? Dynamite! Dynamite! Shack? Um, I assume it's like a shed full of dynamite. Yeah, that's Why exactly. You, that's clearly a hazard. <laughs> I mean, that's proper who, cowboy shit. Who would allow that? In the 60s. Like, that's proper cowboy shit. Cowboy shit. I just, 
what purpose? Why would you need a shack of dynamite? When I hear shack of dynamite, I imagine like those old timey films where you have someone going at the dynamite from this like shack and they run up and try and blow up a train and you hear the little <laughs> diddly, 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 yeah, well, they, they pop like it a down, bandit and then it doesn't work and then it blows them up, but then just like puts. But like, yeah, why would you, I just, my mind is boggled. Why would you need a dynamite shack? Do you like pop into one? Ah, oh, yeah, get a bit of dynamite for the fire. Whoosh, fuck me. That's some fire. Like, what purpose would it, why? Why? It's not like people need dynamite often. Dynamite. The only dynamite. non, or the only logical conclusion I can come to is Blowing that. Blowing up a train? No, mining. Whether there was a mine nearby. But even so, it's a pretty. But then risky it's unprotected method. dynamite. Yeah, bonkers. I'm not. I'm not standing up for it. I think this is idiotic, without doubt. Gosh. As Zamora got closer, due to the dips in the terrain, the aftermath of the explosion would dip in and out of view. He then came upon a narrow gravel road and around a gully towards the shack. He noticed an object shining in the distance between 100 to 200 yards away. Seeing the object and being the quick thinker he was, he thought that maybe it had been an overturned vehicle and maybe its petrol tank had exploded and not the dynamite. Logical thinker and also towards the shack, so I'm assuming the shack still stood. Dynamite! The shack dynamite. did not blow yet. But as he got closer, he realised that the object, although roughly the same size as a medium car, was actually oval-shaped. Mm. Oval-shaped grey beard. Okay. And it had no windows or doors. And had legs as if on a tripod. Do you know what this means? It was a bus? It was a bus. <laughs> Zamora's gaze, however, was drawn to something else. Other than the majestic oval-shaped object. Majestic, no less. But to a red insignia adorned upon the side of the object. As he drew closer, he saw inside and saw two small beings, which he took to be children, in white overalls at first. He recalls that one of them jumped in fright as they noticed him. Why would he assume that they're two children in a bloody majestic oval? Maybe they were just small. Why would there be a majestic oval with children in it? What if they were... Surely his first conclusion has got to be like they're small adults or otherworldly creatures. What do you call those um, races that they used to have? Like where you create your own cart. Create your own... What, sorry? Cart. Like, they don't really do them over here, but I think they do, they do them quite a lot in America. I've never been to America. Like a, um, where fathers and sons create their own... Oh, like, like boxcar races. That's the one. Maybe he thought it was just a boxcar race that they had got off track, and he was like, oh, two little kids in it. Uh, and they got severely off track. Um, <laughs> my mind has just melted with that. <laughs> I've got no force. I'm reverting back to the dynamite shack. I think that's what's blown my mind. Excuse the pun. Dynamite! <laughs> so here is a picture of Lonnie Zamora. Would you jump if you saw this gentleman? 
And also following that is a computer rendering of the craft and insignia he saw. I mean, he looks like a pretty standard policeman, doesn't he? He's in the he's traditional also big boss man. He's 31. He looks Sprightly. fairly. <laughs> he's not. He looks in his late 40s at least. Not to insult the chap, he just, that's what he looks like. But he's wearing the big boss man's uniform. Typical blue policeman shirt with the black shoulder pads and a silvery badge on his left breast. Black hat with the gold trim and the goldy insignia. Glasses, very serious stare, typical copper, nothing to really make fun of other than the fact that he's clearly older than 31. And this oval thingy, okay, that doesn't really look extraterrestrial now that I've seen this. That looks like a gas tank or something that's got four legs, a white tic-tac-esque shape, I'll give you that, but it doesn't look like it's a flyer. It looks like it's a storage tanker that's been left there for later purposes or even propane or something. It's not really what I imagined a tic-tac to look like up close, to be honest. Looks earthly. Good call. Especially on the gas tank. That had never occurred to me. Yeah. I mean, the images we've seen in other cases don't really look quite like that. But then we haven't seen them up that close, I guess. Samora, being the savvy type of cop you'd want in this kind of situation. Savvy. Radioed the details into the sheriff's office once he'd composed (laughs) himself. He then decided that whilst waiting, he'd take another look at this strange object that lay before him. As he got close, there was another roar, and flames shot out from underneath it. Thinking it was about to explode, he instinctively dove to the floor to protect himself. That ain't exploding. But it didn't explode. It started to lift up from the ground. Exactly what I was thinking. And then it took off in a straight line heading southeast for roughly 10 to 15 minutes. Zamora's earlier radio call had been heard by Sam Chavez, who was a state police sergeant. He arrived on the scene just after the craft disappeared into the sky. Shucks, he was unlucky. He was just a tad too late. Ain't that convenient? All right, let's just rewind for one second. It went up in a straight line heading southwest for roughly 10 to 15 minutes, so he could see it for 10 to 15 minutes. That is not otherworldly technology, the cases we've seen, when they shoot off and away, they're gone in seconds, if what that. if it was damaged? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> also, when you do the... I get a picture of Wayne's World every time. Just letting you know. We're not worthy. Not that scene. Yeah. When they do the rewind, they mm-hmm. do the Scooby-Doo ending. And... Anywho, what a film. Swing. Word spread like wildfire, not only through police departments, She'd give a dog a but also through the UFO community. And several people were out within days to investigate the site. First up was military investigator and army captain Richard T. Holder. Oh no, <laughs> Dick T. Holder. <laughs> oh no. Oh, Dicky Holder. FBI agent Arthur Burns Jr. So we have Dick Arthur. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You did what to Arthur? We have Dick Holder and Arthur Burns (laughs) both arriving on the 25th. Why would you? Whilst Major William Connor and Sergeant David Moody arrived on the 26th 
to investigate for Project Blue Book. Uh, okay. And on the 28th, the biggest gun of them all. Us. Dr. J. Allen Hynek. Second biggest gun. Rocked up, who was re- representing the Air Force. Was he by Christ? So we've got a dick, a willy, <laughs> and the biggest dick of them all. Sorry, biggest gun of them all. Hynek. Uh, I've lost my trail of thought. Uh, do you want me to tell you where I am at the moment, pending for forever? It. So this thing does not sound UFO to me, though I would classify it as a UAP at this moment. I'm not, even though the guy turned up and it had just gone, which is suspicious, I'm not saying that it isn't real at this point. I'm just leaning more towards a military kind of slant than a otherworldly slant. Yeah, I get that. I think for something to be otherworldly for me, the tech has to be advanced enough that I can believe it got to this planet from a long way away be that through space or time or dimensions or whatever. So what you're um, saying is their technology couldn't get damaged and that couldn't cause them to go slow. I don't feel like it's likely. Why? What if they crashed? What if they were little teenage Where are they going to go? Aliens having a joyride. It just doesn't seem likely to me. I think if your technology is broken... Um, we know teenagers that have stolen their dad's cars and gone for a joyride <laughs> oh god so uh what a plum why do you not believe aliens would do the same it's more the fact that if it is broken i don't think they'd be taken off at all and if they were i think they would have had engineers or whatever on board or even the technology to self-repair i think yeah it's just what if they broke down we know these civilizations potentially aren't anywhere near us therefore they've got to come a long way so in my mind i would imagine that they have tested out their technology to the nth degree on other worlds millions of trillions of billions of miles away or whatever or dimensions away but not as far as us or maybe even further than us and not made mistakes i think they'd have it absolutely down to a t by the point they'd made con not made contact but visited another world such as ours I just, it doesn't seem likely to me they'd run that risk. And if if I'm wrong in that thinking, then I think the most logical next step would be that they'd repair it or wouldn't take off at all or would even bite the old pill in the tooth and cark it and destroy the evidence. I just don't see it likely that they'd drive away at 10 miles per hour. That was a very well thought out and logical explanation. But what if... <laughs> <laughs> These were joyriding teen aliens that didn't realise that Pop's vehicle had the technology for him to just go, press a button his end, and it kind of stops it and puts it into a kind of limp mode and then puts a tracker so he can find out where it's gone. Like they stole it and it's got his own tracking device in it. And it's just in limp mode and they're like, fuck. And then Pop's comes in like the mothership. And whips their ass. Beam it back up and beat their alien asses. Dick Holder. I was going to make the comment and I stopped myself during your presentation there as to why anyone would name their child Richard Holder. But when we went to school, we had a friend whose brother was indeed a Dick Holder. That we did. So this has been... It's also... Guy a year above us called Wayne King. Wayne King, yep. 
Mental. Two in one school. Bonkers. So this has been investigated by some big organisations and important people. A radiological chemist was involved at the time and was there the morning of the 26th and claims that there was a batch of melted and solidified sand right under the landing area. This is proof, Greybeard. Dried, sandy proof. That there was a fire. Proof. In 1968, Dr. James E. MacDonald had a farm, who was an atmospheric physicist who knows his shit, spoke to the chemist... And she told him that at the time she analysed plant fluids from scorched greasewood and mesquite plants, she said that most of what they found was just sap. But there was some organic materials that they couldn't identify. (laughs) UFOs, son. Unidentified foreign objects. But no sooner had she finished this work, Air Force motherfuckers came and took all her research notes, the materials, everything. They jacked all her shit. Then told her not to say a motherfucking word and not to discuss it anymore, which she obviously never did. So the Air Force... Clearly, this story never got out, and we aren't discussing it right now. Right, so the Air Force came and jacked all the stuff, not government officials or MIBs. Mm -hmm. That again suggests to me military, and the fact they were there so quickly, they knew what was going on already. Military. Military. Organic materials. I mean, do they mean living materials? Or do they just mean, like, burnt shit they can't tell what it is? Um, I'm unsure. Sounds like they're unsure, to be fair. Burnt plant that we just can't work out what it is because it's too burnt. Ooh. Could it have been some sort of test rather than just like a military test vehicle taking off? Could they have been doing an actual test there? And there was, for example, some sort of material like a radioactive element. Oh, possible. Yeah, that was being stored as part of the experiment. And that's why the military didn't want it getting out, because they don't want other powers learning what they've developed and are capable of or are experimenting with. That was a logical piece of thought, Kevin, but have you considered that an alien shit on the floor, got into the ship and flew away? That seems more logical. (laughs) On May the 8th, 1964... An FIB report, sorry, (laughs) an FBI report about Zamora concluded that he was... (laughs) Generally thought you'd fucked up first. Concluded that he has been personally known for five years to be an honest, trustworthy, sober, conscientious officer that's not given to fantasy. Too many nice words. Well vetted, it would seem. This report also confirmed something else. Imprints in the ground. These imprints were from the object seemingly going into the earth. As an imprint would be? From a centre point outwards. Not only this, but scorched foliage. So the stuff that the lady investigated earlier then? From the flames coming out from the UFO. Two years later, 
Major Hector Quintanilla Jr., who at the time was the Air Force Chief of Project Blue Book, mm-hmm. with a helping hand from other agencies, confided in a classified CIA publication that this case was puzzling. Zamora was vetted, remember? He was an honest, trustworthy gentleman. You keep telling me A this. pillar of the community. A church-going stellar individual. So for them to still find it puzzling is a big deal. They were searching for an explanation, but none could be found. None, Kevin. Nothing. Zip. Zilch. Zero. Jack. Shit. Publicly. The last sentence in a report by Quintanilla reads... This is the best documented case on record, and still we have been unable, in spite of thorough investigation, to find the vehicle or other stimulus that scared Zamora to the point of panic. Cover up! Now, we both know and believe that Zamora was an upstanding officer, pillar of his community, pillar of the church, well-loved and highly regarded by all that crossed his path. But that didn't stop him getting ridiculed by the other officers and some members of the community. The jealous ones, I like to call them. Mm -hmm. And this continued to a point that Zamora retired from the force only two years after the initial event occurred. Kind of like Alan Godfrey. True crime. Nothing. Exactly like like him. Honourable, award-winning, honourable, trustworthy policeman was ridiculed to the point he retired uncomfortable with it all. People are bullies. People are bullies. You've told me Zamora is an upstanding officer so, so often in this one that it's making me really suspicious and I can't work out if it's like a double bluff or if something's coming. Hmm. So Heineck believes every single word Zamora says and simply... Why wouldn't he? Given Zamora's standing within his community, Heineck also puts forth an important question. If this craft that Zamora saw isn't an alien craft, then what is it? Where did it come from? And who were the beings inside of it? Now, we're going to take a trip across the globe. We're heading to France. Ooh. It's July 1965, and in Valençol, a farmer by the name of Maurice Marseille... And uh, there's a picture of Maurice for you there. Uh, I can't think who that is, but I know it. It's Maurice. From where? Beauty and the Beast. That's the one. The candles in the background. You know, it it twigged a memory, but obviously I've not seen the film. I've seen pictures. I might have even seen it in a book like that I've read to a child at some point. You spoke to a child? They used to let me. (laughs) Hold on. I, I had a thought. And it was... We're going to France. I am surprised because I was expecting us to go to either China or Russia based on the insignia, or possibly even Japan, but that my first thoughts were China or Russia. France, my friend. Yeah. France. Crack on, sir. Crack on. Now, Maurice was checking out his lavender crop as it had bare spots of ground. So he was trying to find a solution to this issue when he noticed a couple of kids in his fields. Not having any of this bullshit, he approached them. Where are you little kids? But as he did, he noticed something else. A strange looking object was close by too. Still, he continued towards them, but stopped because as he got closer, he realized that these kids were not kids at all. 
but actually strange beings. From his description, they had large bald heads, pasty faces, and large slanted eyes. Grey! Now, this is something we've heard a few times now. They were wearing onesies. <laughs> onesies. Okay, not specifically onesies, but overalls of some yeah. kind. Okay. And they had a tube-like device with them. Were they taking samples, scanning for something underneath the soil, or within the soil? Well, Maurice was going to find out. He approached, and then... He was hit by some type of ray, which, in his words, disabled him for a time. They hit him with the tubes. Right. Um... Oh! I, I don't know that I can explain what that is. So, Mr. Moonwalker has inserted a photo of Game of Thrones with Bran, who you may recall did not have the use of his legs after being... Oh, I probably shouldn't spoil it too much, actually, in case people were ever going to watch one day, though most people would have seen it. And Ed Sheeran, who famously had a cameo in it, and there's a quote on the picture saying, when your legs don't work like they used to before. <laughs> when your legs don't work like they used to before. <laughs> when your legs don't work like Oh no! When he was finally no longer. <laughs> looking at it! When he was finally no longer disabled, he looked to see the object flying off into oh the sky. My. Maurice was not able to I'm grow. I'm lost, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's thrown me so much, I was not expecting that. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. You settled? No, but continue. When he was finally no longer disabled, he looked to see the object flying off into the sky. Maurice was not able to grow anything in that area or his field for many, many years. Now, Maurice was afraid of the ridicule he'd get, so Maurice didn't come forward and report the incident. But eventually, something changed, and he did. Well, what changed, Moonwalker? <laughs> okay, we have another picture of Maurice from Beauty and the Beast storming through the barn doors. Interior barn doors. Whilst being interviewed... Is he farting? Sorry to be so crude. No, it's because he comes in from a snowstorm. Ah, uh, okay. It just looked a bit gaseous behind him. Whilst being interviewed, Maurice was shown a visual representation of the object which Zamora had seen. And the words which left Maurice's mouth were... Someone else has seen my UFO. Bit possessive? My UFO. Someone else seen my UFO, damn it. I am a level 12 in seeing UFOs. <laughs> like I said earlier, Maurice was not able to grow anything in that field. So we have two separate people at different points in time, at different places on Earth, seeing the same object and beings. If that's not something extraterrestrial, then I don't know what else I can say to prove to you that this is real. So we've got two people who have seen greys. How many hundreds of cases have we explored where people have seen greys? Not the same greys. 
these ones were just the same. And why were they the same? Because it was Maurice's UFO. <laughs> Sounds so grumpy. Disappointed. <laughs> like I've just shattered your lifelong dreams. How do we even know they were the same objects? Because Maurice said so. Well, Maurice didn't know shit. He knew everything. Are you vouching for Crazy old Maurice. Oh, Maurice. Always good for a laugh. Always full of shit. <laughs> Damn, Maurice. Goddamn came out to me and asked me free fit it. So to summarise, we have a police officer, the most trustworthy of professions, who is also a trustworthy soul, a pillar of his community, a pillar of his church, an upstanding citizen as well as an upstanding officer, who, whilst chasing a speeding vehicle, witnessed what he thought to be an explosion from a dynamite shack. He leaves the assailant to speed off and heads towards the explosion. As he gets closer, he sees what he thought to be an overturned vehicle. Upon closer inspection, it's definitely not. He sees two small beings inside, who startle as he peers in. There's a loud roaring sound from the object, and Zamora dives out of the way, fearing an explosion. He'd radioed in previous, and as he turned to look, after not hearing an explosion, he sees the object rising up and then flying off. Rise up! Reinforcements arrive just in the nick of time, some would say. Over the next few days, different agencies come and collect evidence and investigate. Zamora is questioned too. There are some anomalies in the samples taken and can't be explained. And in Zamora's questioning, they confirm that he is a trustworthy stand-up guy, a pillar of the community, a pillar of his church. Dr. Hynek, being one of the investigators, does a thorough investigation, as you would expect, and he believes everything Zamora says, having no reason to question such a stand-up man. When we head over to France to hear about a case that happened before Zamora's, about a farmer who spotted two children, who ended up not being children, in his field with a strange craft. Then as he approached, they were bald with big heads and big eyes. And as he got closer, he got hit by a ray that disabled him. Temporarily. When he came round, they were then flying away. He didn't report it straight away, through fear of ridicule. But when he did at some point, he was shown the drawings from Zamora's case, to which he said, Someone else has seen my UFO. They've seen my UFO, damn it! Now, uh, we have some pictures for you there, Kevin. Before you, uh, <laughs> your conclusion. Um, so, we've got Zamora and <laughs> Zamora. <laughs> Why? We've got uh, identical twins. Zamora from today's case alongside a picture of the f- little known footballer at this point, probably unfortunately for him. Is he retired? I think he's retired. Yeah, he's yeah. retired as a Bobby. Bobby Zamora. Oh, Bobby Zamora. Decent player in his time, but they look absolutely identical. Alike. <laughs> Can't tell them apart. Oh my gosh. If you put him in a police officer's uniform from oh, the wow. 60s, you'd think that was him. I just keep thinking. When your legs don't work like they used to before. Oh, Bobby.
Okay, Greybeard, what say you? We have the upstanding pillar of the community, pillar of his church, trustworthy gentleman here, so we're Zamora. You weren't holding back on some, like, killer nope. dirt bomb on nope. him. You little swine. I'm... You sold it so hard that I got so suspicious of something that was coming. Dirty little bastard. Well, yeah, we've not really covered anything that has changed my stance from the midpoint of this case, whereby... I'm not saying that he didn't see something or that the other chap didn't see something. I'm just saying if they did, there's nothing to suggest it was of extraterrestrial origin to me. I think the stories might have been exaggerated over time. But if they saw anything, it's likely of military tech. And it's also interesting to me that they describe children of a greyish nature rather than something different. I don't think they mentioned that the children are grey. I it's thought you Maurice. described, well, they didn't say they were grey skin, but they described like your typical grey with slanted eyes, didn't they? No, only Maurice did. So they weren't even seeing the same bloody thing? Yeah, they were. <laughs> <laughs> you just shit on your own we case. Didn't you get, dropped a turd in your punch get bowl. the details from Zamora. Oh. Well, now that I don't think they saw the same thing at all, not that I was convinced before, but you've just talked me right off that cliff. Now I'm thinking that one of them is bullshitting completely. Sorry, Maurice. <coughs> And Bobby, <laughs> Bobby Lonnie Zamora. Zamora. Bobby Lonnie. Bobby oh, Lonnie Zamora. When your legs don't work like they used to before, can't get it out of my head seeing that image. <laughs> oh yeah, he's. Oh, I don't know. I, I'm not feeling aliens, so I'm not saying that it's aliens. I just can't decide in my mind whether he saw something or whether this is quite a big fabrication. And now that I think about it, I have heard of this case, though I don't know any of the or didn't know any of the details, obviously. So it's actually it must be quite a well known one, mustn't it? Don't know. (laughs) And I'm worried that we're going to upset some people by saying that it's not aliens. But like I say, there's just not enough evidence there of whatever they saw being of extraterrestrial origin to convince me apologies folks but i'm not saying it was aliens now i'm also not saying it was aliens i wasn't gonna say it was aliens anyway but you i don't know why it's taken this long but you've pointed me in the direction of something that i've never thought about when you mentioned that the air force came in and maybe it was um military tech Mm -hmm. and they were trying to cover it up what if hynek has been sent in by the military on all these other cases to try and convince people that it's aliens to keep it away from being military well, tech. That is one theory on Hynek and actually um, military involvement. We're going to cover a case in the future where there is quite significant evidence of that. Oh, so for me, <laughs> military cover up. Oh, Lonnie Zamora. So I still think he saw something. I think he just saw military tech rather than... Extraterrestrial tech. ET tech. So thank you for taking the time out of your life to join us here at But It Was Aliens. You can find us on our socials, Instagram at But It Was Aliens Podcast. Facebook, But It Was Aliens. Our Facebook group is Extraterrestrial Towers. And we are on Twitter at But It Was Aliens along with Patreon, 
where you can get some bonus episodes where we stick our probes in all types of mysteries. From the ghostly to the ghoulish, cryptids to bullshit. Bullshit! Have you ever stared longingly into the abyss and heard it call your name? <clears throat> Have you ever been asleep and heard someone call your name whilst you are alone? <clears throat> Have you ever been walking past a graveyard and shat yourself, both literally and figuratively? If any of what I've just said applies to you, then remember, the truth is up there. Hashtag probe. Probe. When you learned the word that you did it before. Oh, Lord, is a Wow.